Wayne's World is brought to you by Noah's Arcade. Party on, Wayne. It's 6 o'clock here in Omaha, and that means it's time for Set Jetter Saturdays. Watch movies, Robert, and watch Robert talk about them, Clark, because you haven't seen half of them. <laughs> Most of them. Well, okay. kind of depends. Or what we remember watching. I was thinking about this the other day. First of all, happy, uh, happy Thursday, uh, for all intents and purposes. Happy Saturday, Robert. Yes. To it's the show Saturday. Tonight. I was going to say, it's Saturday somewhere. Does that even make sense? I don't know. It does. No, it absolutely does. It's Saturday in Australia. <laughs> it's, okay. al- it's always Saturday in Australia. Papua New Guinea. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Robert, of course, Set Jetter Saturdays. Robert is the uh, blogger and the author of the website set-jetter.com. An extremely talented man, which you've been getting a lot of accolades from celebs lately. It seems like they've been commenting a lot on your work. Yeah, this past week, uh, Moving Violations, which is, I would say, an obscure movie. It's like you had to grow up in that certain era of the 80s to to know what Moving Violations was. Have you even seen it or heard of it? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah. It's a p- kind of post-Police uh, Academy movie, kind of that era. And uh, I think it was Gen- one of Jennifer Tilly's first movies. And um, yeah, it's kind of stuck with me, and I did, have done, I did the locations many, many years ago, and I just never made it over to my website until until this week. And and uh, yeah, Jennifer Tilly commented twice on it. So yeah, she corrected herself. Yeah, I love when they I love when she corrected herself. Jennifer Tilly, the actress, posted something like, "Oh, I remember we destroyed the set or something like that in yeah. slide four. And then she corrected herself in another comment goes, I mean, slide five. Like she reread herself, <laughs> which I like that she's spending a lot of time on your page. Yeah. She, she didn't respond to because it is one of those movies. I, when you talk about how I quote movies and my sister and I, we still quote this movies because uh, the lead actor, um, you know, obviously Jennifer Tilly's this love interest and she has the, her Jennifer Tilly voice is really coming out in this movie, you know? <laughs> And the kind of the, I love Jennifer Tilly's yeah, voice, though. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And uh, and he's like, Robert? he's like, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, who? She, she can't be that smart or something like that. I mean, it's not like she's a rocket scientist. And she comes back. She goes, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot this. And she's like, I have to go to work. And he's like, oh, where do you work? He's like, she's like NASA. I'm a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rocket scientist. <laughs> I don't know why, and I'm still laughing. Like, no, it's so funny. But, but yeah, Wendy Jo Sperber from Back to the Future fame is in it. Fred Willard, um, yeah, has a, has a great the cast. The late great Fred Willard. Yeah. Did uh, was it Jennifer Tilly or was it Meg Tilly that was in Body Snatchers? Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly. She's not as famous though. Uh, well, I don't know. She had more. She she's not she has not done as much lately. I think Meg got famous first, or she kind of got the more serious roles. Uh, like Agnes of God and Psycho 2 and The Big Chill. I mean, she had a lot going out the gate. Kind of like Ava Gabor and Zsa Zsa Gabor. They just went. Did they ever do anything together? I don't know, I don't but that's a good question. Who was in Green Acres? That was Zsa Zsa, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's right. So They were kind of famous. She was kind of famous for being famous later in life. That was like... She was like the original Kardashian. She was always like marrying people and lived in yeah. Bel Air still and like just didn't really do much work, but still was like on the scene or trying to be at least. Yeah. 
now you got me thinking um, that maybe they should do yet another remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Ooh, great flick, with, especially with, the original. Yeah, so the, yeah, the, of course the original is great. The uh, remake uh, with the Red Graves is mm, questionable. Um, it has some great so, so. Amy Steele is in it as the 80s neighbor. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, we can get the Tillies to... <laughs> Yeah, we, we need to get the yet another remake. Tweet us at the underscore podcast. So let us know what you like to hear and and talk about. Um, I wanted to ask you a question. We got a great show tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be getting to a little Jurassic Park. Arguably my favorite movie ever. It's in it's in the top three. They're kind of interchangeable. Um, and we're going to be talking about do they still hold up the highest grossing films of 1987, which is a pretty cool list. But I wanted to ask you a question, Robert. Have you ever, because we were talking about Dexter before the show, which is like one of the greatest shows. Uh, were you a Breaking Bad fan? Did you watch Breaking Bad? I did watch it. And uh, mostly, I think I didn't get in, like a lot of people, I think around season three is kind of when it hit um, that. Yeah. With the mainstream. I think that's when I kind of caught up and then kind of watched it to the end. Yeah. The ratings kind of jumped up there. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about Breaking Bad? Because I like, I've, you know, I've seen the show a lot. I, I I love it, and it's always put up there with like The Sopranos. Do you yeah. think it's the greatest show of all time? Um, I never rewatched it, so I don't know what that means. But um, yeah, at the time, it was one of those. It was the kind of you know, like I was a big fan of The Shield, and The Shield was kind of the anti-hero hero. You know, oh yeah, like, Shield's a great show. That not the right person you should be rooting for, but same. It was kind of reminded of the same kind of mentality of like you're just like don't get caught, even though. The morals in you is that of course he should be caught. You know? Don't get caught. Well, yeah. What? The the cool thing about yeah, Breaking Bad is you're rooting for the the bad guy. Really, it's a meth guy that destroyed his family and destroyed his lives, but you yeah. want him to win. Yeah, I don't know, but th- they're good at that. So, um, oh yeah, but yeah, and it's one of those shows. Maybe it got stretched a little too far. Maybe they should have done a four season cut out you know, or something like that but it's hard you know it's it's money maker too yeah that i thought the same thing a lot of people are like oh it's so short it's only five seasons but i i feel like seasons four beginning of five they kind of it could have been shortened like two episodes they do draw it out a lot and then he's in vermont or new hampshire and there's like this whole thing um but I was just curious if you ever watched that. I don't think we ever talked I, about that. Yeah, I did. And and Dexter's probably the worst of them all for going on a little bit too long. And mm, and it's all, yes. they also have the kind of the Seinfeld curse of you can never have a finale that le- that culminates the past seven years or whatever it happens to be. So right. you'll, you'll never live up to that. No, of course not. Um, no, you know what the show that, that has gone on too long is, is The Walking Dead. <laughs> That that went on too long after season two. Oh my gosh! I mean, season. I just started watching it again. I haven't watched it in like three years, four years. So I, I was like, I'll just catch up. Yeah. So I caught up, and the last, the current season that just wrapped is actually pretty good. But uh, I still maintain that season one, episode one, is still the greatest episode of the whole series. Uh, like when the when the outbreak happens and Rick's in the tank in Atlanta, and the, yeah. that's still season one, still the best season out of all of them. And then after three and four, there was just too much time with the governor, and it. And then I, it, it, the whole series really just became them, like in the woods, talking about like the next attack from whatever rogue group is out there. It's like <laughs> it's not even, it's not even fun anymore. No, in my opinion. I, yeah, they they built a great world in the first season, and then 
Um, I think season three was all about yelling at Carl to get in the house. I think that's all. Yeah. (laughs) Coral. But uh, I loved uh, what's his name? Merle. He's like, you gotta be hungry in an hour. He's always so salty. (laughs) The other thing is that, so let's say like Arrested Development had a great first three seasons and we're like, bring it back. You know, it was canceled too early or whatever. And they brought it back and you're like, oh, maybe this is why. Uh, Oh, here's here's what we're doing. <laughs> this is a good point. But yeah, I'm really excited to do a show tonight. We haven't done a show in about two weeks. It's my fault. We had we had some issues going on, and everything's fine. But you know, I I'm glad that we have this time to do this. Yeah, we're back on track. We've gotten a lot of hate mail from Omaha <laughs> and Lincoln, Nebraska, saying, "Where are you?" Um, I had to go underground. I'm in hiding right now, like yeah. John Hurt in V for Vendetta. Well, that back. doesn't make any sense. Um, but we got a great show tonight, Robert. I'm really excited to do this. Uh, I wanted to jump into, uh, with your blessing, Jurassic Park. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's some movie. <laughs> I think it's, it might be called Dino Island. Which I think is a there real was movie, a Dino, Dinotopia or something, I think. Did you see that? No, I just remember, uh, what's his name from Prison Break? That was one of his first movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole show right there. It's a show for a later time. The, yes. the knockoff movies. <laughs> so many dinosaur movies after this. It's so amazing. I, and I just love when they do... Uh, they, there was one recently. It's Home Alone. Um, I mean, it's in the Home Alone canon. It's like a real Home Alone movie, but it's like Home Alone 6 or something. Yeah. And they have the kid with his hands on his face, and if you think it's Macaulay Culkin. For a second. So a lot of these movies are made off of like, you see it, you're just going to click it because some drunk person's like, oh, yeah, it's this. And that's how they, they that's that's how they recoup their money. Yeah, that's all you, know? you need. One click. Yeah, or, you, you know, DVD bins. It's like, well, well, they love dinosaurs. Let's get them this. You know, it's just. It's four bucks. How much, how bad can it be? The, those movies are the equivalent to the hats you see at 7-Eleven that's like purple and yellow and they say Los Angeles. It's not actually a Lakers hat. <laughs> But but people were just like, yeah, Los yeah. Angeles, like with two S's at the end or something. <laughs> but Jurassic Park to me is a perfect film. It's got all the elements. It's got horror. It's got a beautiful soundtrack. Arguably one of the, arguably from the best composer ever, John Williams, hmm. Spielberg. It's got all the movie magic. It's got all the feels. And do you agree the technology, the CGI looks better? in Jurassic Park than a lot of movies today. Yeah, it's still... I, had, I watched it not too long ago, and you saw when, the first thing I got a new OLED TV, and the first one I put in was the 4K of Jurassic Park to, if you're going to see what it looks like. But let me ask you... Yeah, that so was how, cool. you're, you're younger than me, so what, how, what age and how did you see Jurassic Park for the first time? Well, I saw Jurassic Park. Uh, I was 12, because it came out in 93. I saw, first of all, I saw the movie six times in the theater. I was, like, obsessed Oh, yeah. And everybody was. Yeah, you just had to see. And, and the, the run was so long. It was like February to October or something. But uh, I saw it actually at the drive-in theater with my parents, and it was really cool to see. The drive-ins were always cool because they went away for the most part, like right before I turned 16. Yeah. So I got to see that and like Braveheart, like those kind of movies like right before they kind of went out. They're, they're coming back now. But yeah, I saw it in the theater. And, um, in the drive-in, and I was I was hooked. I've been a fan ever since. What about yourself? I was older. I was twenty-three, um, and I went to a sneak preview, and because I remember Ooh. there 
we, we you knew about this movie, but not a whole lot of details. And Spielberg was always good about, well, obviously in the 90s, it was easier to hide stuff. You know, we didn't have the, the trailers that showed you everything. And, yeah, we didn't have leaks. Yeah. And I remember I was like, it was kind of last minute. They announced it. And and my I asked my friend to go and she's like, I don't even know what this is about. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, it's Spielberg. It's dinosaur. You know, like we kind of knew pieces of it. Yeah. And I, I remember... <laughs> Right at the end of, you know, the, the T-Rex attacking the Jeeps uh, scene, you know, they, the final roar and, it, and then you have a breather to pause. And I remember she grabbed me and she's like, what did you take me to? You know, like, because <laughs> it did its job. No. And for and you think for a and you if you remember that first time and like this is a PG-13 film that has more terror um, and edge of your seat that that, you know, that five minute scene than many horror movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they really packed it in there. And it's cool, too, because it was the highest grossing film at the time until, I think, maybe Titanic Probably. blew it out of the water. Something might have pushed it first, but yeah, Titanic yeah. obviously blew everything out yeah, of the water. Yeah, maybe, maybe no it was something else before, pun, but... No pun intended. No pun intended, but it was like classic Spielberg magic, but they, they welded so many like horror scenes in there because it's there's arguments that it's a horror movie, you know? Because of how much is in there. And uh, they did it just so well. It's just so uh, nostalgic. The fact that it, it's filmed in Hawaii. Like mm -hmm. the scenery is always beautiful anyway. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those one of those perfect films. And I, believe it or not, it was filmed because you were on this. You were on location at some of the um, you were on scene at some of the locations. It was yeah. filmed in Kauai in the island of the Hawaii, Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, mostly and it was Hurri Hurricane yep. Aniki came in when they were filming that. Which uh, knocked out the Cocoa Palms, which is where Elvis filmed Blue Hawaii and all that. But it's weird because um, they captured a lot of the footage from the hurricane, Aniki, and they used that in the film. And there's a funny story I read where Richard, um, who's the actor that plays John Hammond? Um, Attenborough? Richard Attenborough. Uh, he was like sleeping through this hurricane and everyone's like going nuts. And they were like, why, why are you not scared? Like, how can you sleep? And he goes, I've been through the Blitz. Like, this is nothing. You know, talking about World War II and, like, Germany bombing them. So it was, like, all these, like, cool stories. Um, but, yeah, what was your – when you were there, you saw – because I saw your shots. You yeah. were where, like, the Raptor pen was and everything? Yeah. So, and uh, actually, I took – when you talk about the storm, I took a picture of the – I don't know if you call them the storm jetties. Kind of in the lagoon area, they have those kind of barriers and so obviously when you see the film, oh, yeah. they, they don't, that's not CGI and you can tell the way they filmed it from ways away. So that was the actual real storm. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, obviously I went to two of the islands um, and they kind of filmed a little bit on both. And then of course, favorite hands down was the helicopter tour. And because they, yes. there's one tour in particular that actually lands there. Other tours can go by the, 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 the long waterfall um of course we want to take the tour that actually lands so and they have it pretty slick because they he had it just right so as the he has the jurassic park thing going and he has it timed right so when you're kind of descending uh it's just kind of it's exactly like it is in the movie and uh and you can't give you all the goosebumps it does uh, the the where, where the uh helicopter landed was pre-hurricane and so that was no longer exists so you kind of land kind of from the hurricane, it got destroyed. I think, yeah, I think part of that or some, something. It just made it unstable, and there's not too much left of it. So, uh, but uh -huh. you land about 50 yards away, and then walk over to 
to that. So, but yeah, so the raptor pen uh, is in a, a garden in Kauai, and it's a visitor center now. So obviously, the raptor pen was just built for the movie, but it the visitor center is built in almost exactly the same place of the. Uh, Which is so cool. That you got to see that. I think yeah. the world got to see it too. You were in a Google commercial for this. Yeah, if I'm not the, mistaken. Uh, Google um, seen it. Oh, I can't remember what name, the name of the curse commercial, but yeah, it was kind of a highlight of filming locations. And I ignored that email for a little bit because I just, you know, it was like this weird, like, hey, we want to use you. And it, something was like, and I think they reached out a couple times and I was like, oh, what's this for? And they said something Google commercial. I'm like, all right. And I gave them the original footage and stuff like that. And then I kind of forgot about it. And actually, my sister had to sign off as well because it's my footage, but she's the one in the clip. So, um, and then I think it was about a week before the Oscars. I think Adam the Woo has a couple of clips in there as well. And and I saw something. I was like, oh, I think so. I, yeah, and watching yeah. the the commercial. And so, yeah, it was kind of fun. And um, I think they uh, the first time they showed it on air was at the Oscars, and so that was that was great. That is really cool. You're famous. Yes. Well, my sister. Um, <laughs> your sister's famous yeah. you're famous too and that's pretty cool though the um the film is known as well for um besides being one of the most popular films ever uh we talked about the cgi and the reason that it's so good as you know is spielberg they mixed up a uh they did a blend of like cgi which was in, in its infancy stages at the time with animatronics so you know like gallop the gallimimuses are obviously cgi yeah. but they blend that in you know, scenes like with the T-Rex or animatronics. So they, they like respected it as early as it was in the game, the CGI game and it worked. And that's where the line, um, you know, do you remember when Jeff Goldblum, they're walking into the visitor center. He's like, we'll be out of a job. He's like, don't you mean extinct? Mm -hmm. That line is because Stan, I think it was Stan Winston, the guy doing the, um, animatronic, the, you know, CGI, the animatronics was worried about losing their jobs. He's like, well, we're all out of a job. And somebody said, don't you mean extinct? So there's like all these little cool nuggets in there. Um, but who, I want, burning question that the world has, Robert, is who is your favorite character in Jurassic mm. Park? In the Jurassic Park universe. It can be in any of the films. It can be in Jurassic World oh, or that abortion they called <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. I mean, whatever you think. Oh, let me see. My first instinct was say Laura Dern. Uh because she's one of my favorite actresses, and I think that was just kind of the perfect role and perfect timing uh, for her. So, but yeah. Who did you say, Laura Dern? Laura Dern, yeah. Perfect. Ellie and Sapp. I still say, baby smell. <laughs> Babies, kids smell. Babies smell. Babies don't smell. I don't want that kid. <laughs> just a smaller version. Yeah, Ellie Sadler is great. There was also a video to... game for Super Nintendo called Jurassic Park that I have. Really fun. But there's no save point. So you have to play the entire thing uh, in like eight hours. And I just got know. the SNES Classic a few years ago where you can save no matter yeah. what. Finally beat that thing. 25 years of owning that. Life complete now. I can die. Happy. It's fine. Kids, kids don't know how it was. They just Atari. don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to keep playing. I'm, I'm My favorite character, and it's not even that I like him, but my favorite just the most fun for me to watch is Nedry because he's just such a he's the comic relief and I could just watch Dennis Nedry you know Wayne Knight being Dennis yeah. Nedry all day you know with the salty and he's nervous and he's sweaty 
Another Easter egg, which we'll talk about too, is if you notice on Nedry's computer, computer, he's watching Jaws uh, in the control center. Okay. Obviously, another Spielberg film. So that was pretty cool. And I like his, when he's kind of laughing, when he's meeting with Dotson, <laughs> he, they, intentionally, they're kind of using raptor noises. I mean, he's like, he's wheezing, laughing, and whatever, and it sounds just like a raptor, obviously. So yeah. Spielberg's yeah, when he takes the, uh, when he takes off at the, uh, the shaving cream, he's like, ah, and he does the, uh, you hear that, <laughs> yes. like, that wheeze. That, that kind of squeeze, yeah, and it's exactly the same. And so I was the first, that multiple times you, you hear that, but the first time, obviously, Spielberg is just messing with us subliminally. So I yeah, did bring a special, in there. a special replica prop. It's my sister's, actually. What? But, um, what is this beautiful thing? So, oh, my gosh. Wow. It's a raptor claw. Yeah, so they made, uh, wow. at the time, this my sister's a big Jurassic Park fan as, as well. So um, they made replicas of oh, different wow. props and stuff like that. So did you get that from? Did you buy that online, or was that at like? This came out at the time. I think it was like wasn't wow. too soon after the movie came out. That's uh, they a collector's really item. Yeah. So and my sister does. I did buy her prop. I think it was from. Is it lost? I can't remember if it's Jurassic Park one or three, uh, but it's one of the. It's like a blue light that was on top of the gates. Zzz, zzz. So, the uh, warning lights and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's on. That's in one. Yeah. Oh, she has one of those. Yeah, it's the yeah, perimeter have, fence when yeah, when it's. Yeah. So I have one of those somewhere. You have to it's, activate those around your yard. You yeah. actually have to have a perimeter fence <laughs> with those lights, and then when your sister needs to turn on the light, you go. There's a green button that says push to charge. Push it. And so complicated to turn everything on, wasn't it? <laughs> I, push all these buttons and then push three times, or it was it pump it three times and it was like three times. Yeah, could they not have? I mean, technology ninety three. I felt like generators were more advanced than that, but but who am I? I didn't make one of the best movies of all time. Um, you, if I'm not mistaken, too, Robert, you saw Jurassic Park at the Alamo and you were dressed as Doctor Grant. Is that oh, inaccurate? I think so. Yeah, I remember we dressed. I were we dressed up for. Fallen Kingdom, or I can't remember. So, yeah. So I had Jurassic uh, World, I think. Jurassic, maybe that was a Jurassic World. No, I what something. Yeah. So we we dressed up, and obviously they had a Jurassic World Jeep there. So I I dressed up as Alan, and and I had this outfit because we bought some of the same. We brought outfits to Hawaii to replicate, you know, some of the same. Oh, you have to. And uh, my friend Nick actually dressed up as Doctor Sadler. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's what you showed me. That was a great shot. Um, and it was funny because I walked up and I had the same sunglasses and, and people, I was like, we were just being goofy and I didn't know people, I was like, his outfit is not that recognized, you know, but yeah, people stopped me. Uh, people stopped us to take pictures with us. But if you've seen that movie and you would instantly be like, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. But I, I also think that costume could work either way. Cause if they didn't see it, you just look like a normal guy. Yeah. I'm just wearing some hot oh, well, Except for the hat, shirt. I guess. Yeah. Have you worn that outfit since? No, I wear the hat though sometimes because uh, I have this can only last about five minutes in the sun. So, but it's a great hat. Yeah, it's a multi-purpose hat. Um, have you seen? You've seen all the Jurassic Parks in the uh, in the theater theatrically? I would imagine, except for three. I think I stayed away from that in the theater. You did see? Here's here's my question. I argue that three is better than two. I would say yes, and three actually it ends way too fast, and it's not. It, it's more the cotton candy of the series. Um, there's good pieces yes. in it, um, and it's probably 
it wouldn't be, it's not as bad because it gets over quicker. <laughs> it gets over quick. It does. But the thing I like about three is they go back to the island or the other island, Ela Nublar, Sorna, I forget. And uh, they're still back in the island. And it's still a small group trying to survive. Yeah. Or two, with the game hunting and the San Diego scene, it's like, what are you doing? Sarah. Sarah. And the T-Rex gets, you know, all the guys get killed on the ship, but they don't explain why. And you realize no. later it was raptors. But like, why cut that out? Yeah. Um, yeah, Lost World, I just remember. And, and probably like other people like are like, yeah, Jurassic Park 2, whatever. And DeMar goes like, this isn't quite, you know, you keep sinking lower in your seat. It's like, this isn't the same. Not that we need it exactly the same, but. <laughs> I wanted to. Uh... I wanted to read off a few Easter eggs from Jurassic Park, and you tell me if you've you've heard of these, Robert. But these are pretty cool. Are you a big Easter egg guy? Do you like to ever yeah, research I Easter I eggs? Gonna, I think yeah, I know what you're going to say about one of them. So okay, to another right. Spielberg produced movie. Oh yes, of course. Well, we we mentioned Jaws. Jaws yep. was on the monitor of Dennis Nedry. Uh, in the um, if you blink, you'll miss it, but you see it in there. Uh, the the seatbelt. If you remember when they're coming to the island, where you. Saw in Kauai, Dr. Grant ties two female ends together. A little foreshadowing that the females will mate and you know, life ah, finds a way. Gotcha. It's a deep cut, but but it's it's real. It's the female ends that he makes work showing. Of I, course I had to read that. I no no person would you just came put up that with together. It. No. Do you, do you know the my sound on my phone for messages is spill uh Goldblum's laughter? The no kind way, of... <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. And it's on like loud all the time? Yeah, no, it's usually not, but when it is, people are like, what is that? Or people, some people are like, is that Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Don't ask me why. That's my, my tone. But... Uh, no, I like it. Uh, could Are we able to hear that on the show, or is that too I complicated? I don't know. I don't know. But we'll figure it out. But... Okay. Uh, and if you remember when they're eating dinner, which uh, the Chilean sea bass... Mm-hmm. Which I never understood why Ellie Sattler, Laura Dern, looked at it like, ew. Because um, it's delicious. But then I realized that they just saw the cow get eaten and she's looking at food like, no. But I remember as a kid thinking like, Chilean sea bass seems pretty good. Why is that gross? But when you just see a cow get mutilated, maybe not yeah. that hungry. The scene, uh, the slides in the, projected, uh, the projector during the dining room scene shows that if you remember in the back, there's all these projections and graphs. Um Jurassic Park would be more popular than sports and zoos. Um, that was the prediction that they're going to overpass, uh, surpass like NFL, MLB, and zoos for popularity, which is kind of cool. Um, was was Westworld in the background? <laughs> Since that's Westworld, Michael Crichton. Yeah, Westworld is the original Jurassic Park. It is. So I thought that would have been a nice little like a little throwaway. We're going to be more popular than Westworld. We're going to be more. Popular. And Jeff Culver is like, didn't people also get killed? And what? <laughs> didn't this exact same thing happen? Isn't this the same plot, <laughs> only except for robots? You put dinosaurs. Isn't the T Rex Yul Brenner? <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like Home Alone one and two. They replace the old man next door with the pigeon lady. They're like, just yeah. just throw it in a new setting. Put it in New York. It's fine. Yeah. Um, here's a cameo. This is not Jurassic Park, but it's Jurassic World. Do you remember the scene in Margaritaville when the Pteranodons come down? Yeah. That is actually Jimmy Buffett walking away with his margarita. The Ooh. one that's still holding it and running. He's still holding it. Owns Margaritaville. That was kind of a uh, fun scene. 
the scene where uh, Jurassic Park, where um, Dr. Wu is, uh, you know, they're showing the Velociraptor. And he's going, you're, uh, he's have his, has his pencil there. He's writing some notes. And he goes, you're implying that a group consists mainly of females will procreate. And then if you look in his hand, he has the female end, the eraser, pulled huh. up at that point. He switched it around. A lot of female references in Jurassic Park. I don't know what we're doing, uh, what they were doing there. Um, Hammond's Jeep, the JP-29 Jeep, it's the same one that they find in Jurassic World. So it's actually the original Jeep. I'm sure you knew that from Jurassic Park in Jurassic World, which I always love that scene in Jurassic World, too, where they go back to the old visitor center. It's so nostalgic for, like, people our age that saw that as as kids or younger or whatever. Yeah, we knew, even though, uh, obviously, it decayed quite a bit. For I guess I guess nature would take it over in that on a humid island pretty quickly and stuff like that. But yeah, it was nice to kind of revisit that. It was nice to revisit. That thing would also never start. I don't care how smart that kid is. You don't need <laughs> fuel in a jeep for twenty five years and then you just get it going. It it just rots away. It doesn't That's happen. That's not the way it works. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, you had to do it. The you know what they should have done. They should have just like yeah, and, and like it should take off like thirty <laughs> feet and you know like. It goes, to, yeah, it stops. That's what they should have did. Yeah. Instead of that gyrosphere, whatever the hell what they is, were. What do they know? Come on. What do they know, those <laughs> fools? The T-Rex from Jurassic Park is the same one at the end of Jurassic World. You knew that. You can tell by the yeah. the claw Scars. marks from yeah. the Velociraptor. Um, Easter egg, too. This is maybe kind of obvious, but John Hammond is always dressed in white, symbolizing God. You know, he created the park. Not dissimilar from Anthony Hopkins in Westworld, the TV show. Always kind of in white, doing the, doing the, doing the God thing. And Jeff Coldblum came in black. Hmm. Yeah, what was going on there? I don't know. He was I... actually wearing Yul Brynner's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen Westworld. I like that you've seen Westworld. I yeah, I was yeah, I was I was a West. Well, I I liked Westworld uh, when I was young. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I think it's, I think it's a fun ride. Yeah. Never saw the sequel. Whew. Yeah. The, You've seen uh, it? Oh yes. And I've seen the uh, three or four, uh, uh, Westworld TV shows, which are painful to watch as well. But there's other ones before the HBO one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it no. was like right after the second uh, Westworld movie came out, the sequel came out and uh, it was just, there's, there's like three or four of them. I think you can find them online, but, uh, but yeah, not, not fun. I actually started doing, getting locations ready for them too. So. No way. Yeah. What's the sequel to Westworld? The, is, is it, it like future world or something? Yeah. Um, they, they, they go back and I think there's a different, it's funny because the, the, the sequel actually, verges kind of goes into the same path that Westworld the HBO series goes into a little bit more behind the scenes um, oh. which I thought was interesting but um but yeah it's it's a strange one should i watch it do you if recommend you're, if you're a completist <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I am I, I would like to see it just to say just to scratch it off yeah i think i think i saw it streaming somewhere so it'll be one of those like literally within 15 minutes you're like this is a sequel but <laughs> Did you watch the HBO one? Yes. It's good. Uh, yeah. And then it season, gets bad. Yeah. yeah, season one was fantastic. And season two, you're like, all right, this is a little bit different. And season three, I think. I think that, and I think that was the end. But Yeah, season two, I think it was too many layers. 
and they were trying to do too much. And then season three, you're like, hey, it's CSI with like robots and stuff. And it just, I don't know, it wasn't yeah. working. Uh, Jurassic Park, must go faster. Must go faster is, of course, a line from Independence Day uh, that he used later on. He, of course, Jurassic Park was first, but yes. he did the much go faster line first, which uh, I like when they do that. I like when they recycle other movies as like a yeah. nod to the fans. You know, it'll be interesting that you brought up Independence Day when we get back to the 90s. Do they still hold up? I wonder if we have still like we have a little bit of a golden era in the early 90s and then it deflates again. <laughs> yeah. Did Ghost, does Ghost still hold up? I don't know. We'll have to wait three episodes yeah. from now. Yes. To talk because I'm sure Ghost is like one of the top. It has to be. Films. I think it was. Yeah, so that yeah. year. I do like um, back to Jurassic Park. Just a few more Easter eggs, but I do like Robert Muldoon's character. You know, he's like clever girl, and he's just so um, he's just so you know. I feel like Paul Hogan could play that role, kind of circa Crocodile Dundee. You just want to. He's just a wild, outdoorsy kind of guy. You know we have a clever girl pillow upstairs. Do you? You do, don't you? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I uh, I will quote um, Muldoon, or I stopped doing it because nobody really got the references, and I just look like a mean guy. But like at work, I'm like, "Quiet, all of you! <laughs> They're approaching the Tyrannosaurus paddock." I'm like, what? what? are you talking about? What are you talking? We're, we're going to Safeway. No, what? <laughs> I have ADHD. I get distracted easily, so if I hear like all this noise, with "Quiet, all of you!" They're approaching the Tyrannosaurus paddock. <laughs> What? Well, we would get it. My sister and I would get it. So, because you're a smart guy, you get you appreciate film. You're a guy that people yeah. can look to for the or answer. We live in movie quotes. Is <laughs> I still love that you quote um, aliens. And it's just like, did yeah. IQs just suddenly drop since I've been going? <laughs> Why say it if it's not a movie quote? I don't know. Right, you have to you have to quote it. I uh, I find myself quoting movie quotes subliminally, and I don't realize it until I say it, and I'm like, oh, like I watched. Um, what did I watch last night? I watched Analyze This, which I haven't seen in like maybe 10 years. Yeah. But there was like three lines in there because I used to watch that movie a lot like when it came out that I still quote today. And I'm like, oh, is that That's that where, where it came from? Yeah. That's where it came from. <laughs> it is funny to rewatch something. And you're like, oh, this is why I say that all the time. Well, yeah, this is why I say it. Um, Jurassic Park, uh, one of Hammond's biggest lines is, you know, spared no expense. He pull out all the stops except for Dennis Nedry, which never really made sense that he would spend unlimited funds on this park, but did a bidding war for the cheapest guy to run their IT yeah. and their park security. And that was foreshadowed when Nedry, you know, after he's squealing like a raptor in San Jose, uh, you know, don't get cheap <laughs> on me, Dodson. That was Hammond's mistake. What do you make of that? Um, maybe. I don't. Yeah, now that you think, so they, they do the movie thing where like, uh, everyone on the island has to go. It's Saturday because uh, we can't afford to pay uh, a lot of extras, <laughs> even if it is Spielberg. <laughs> Everybody's got to go uh, from an island that nobody knows about, but obviously a big ship takes tons of people back and forth every weekend. And they do this. Right. They do the same thing in Deep Blue Sea, where <laughs> this huge ship, every, this island nobody knows, but a huge ship's going to take you safely there and back. Yeah, like shoot, it's Saturday. It's a holiday weekend. Nobody will be back. Um, but you know, those those are things you those are what it, Alfred Hitchcock calls the the water cooler moments. The next day, you're like, wait a second, you know, that doesn't add up. Yeah, <laughs> what are they doing? But, yeah. So, but we also remember, like you know, the 
maybe we were cheap on IT back then. We didn't know. Yeah, I guess. Or it, yeah, it's it's bizarre that they would do that, but but it's definitely a water cooler moment. The um, animatronic dinosaur was uh, broke a tooth. Did you know about this one? If you look closely, he's actually missing a tooth up front. Ah. I don't know. I'm not looking at a lot of T-Rex mouths uh, a lot, so I didn't know how many teeth they should have. Yeah, how many? Apparently how he's missing you know? a tooth. They're missing one. I don't know. Uh, nod to the Goonies in here. One of Roberts. We talked about this. We're we're both not like huge Goonies guys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that's, either. So I. That's the one I was waiting for you to. Spielberg produced. Uh, connection. Oh, do you, do you know about this one? I've never. Yeah. What is it? I, I'm just seeing um, this now. So Nedry wears three of his outfits are the same outfits or outfits used in Goonies. Oh, three of them. I just thought yeah. it was the yellow one. There's a Hawaiian shirt that uh, that one of the Goonies kids wears that Nedry wears. I, th- I think that yeah, I think they kind of said there's three different outfits that are very very similar to uh, to what he wears in the movie. So, oh wow, that was so that was an intentional nod. It's close enough that it must be, but maybe this is what happened. Maybe maybe that's the thing. This is a Goonies Goonie grown up. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. Goonies grown up. Yeah, he's a Goonie. He's he's Nedry. Uh, the scene in which Lex and Tim escape raptors in the kitchen, you know, the scene where mm-hmm. there's a reference to The Shining in there where uh, Jack Nicholson, he's banging on the, the door to open up. She does the same thing. And, and that might be kind of a stretch, but they and they the kid, one of the kids, sorry, both of them hide. I can't remember in the uh, kind of the silver stainless steel shelf as well, which Danny oh, yeah. Lloyd does as well. That's a good reference. Oh, that'd be perfect to have Shelley Duvall also running around the visitor center. <laughs> I'm very confused. I, I just read an article of her lately. She lives in Texas now. Yeah. Um, and there's going to make a documentary about finding Shelley Duvall. So it should be. I'm, I'm curious uh, to learn more about her and what she's been doing. But it's a good yeah. article. Yeah. Should be cool. Um, just a few more here. This was, this, I always thought this one was cool. Do you remember the scene where they're towards the end, they're trying to get away and they're up at the vents and the raptor is trying to get up and get mm-hmm. um, the the code from the computer is, you know, shining on the raptor's face. It's reflected. What's shining off is the DNA sequence that they used to make uh-huh. the dinosaurs early in the film. So it was kind of like foreshadowing come true. Here's what you get. You want to play God? We're going to eat you. <laughs> and it's kind of what they did. Um, end credits, Robert, contain a reference to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg's name shows up at the two-hour mark. Uh, some audience members noticed that Jurassic Park composer Johns William included a variation of the five tones from Close Encounters of the Third, Time, Third Kind in that sequence, uh, in that uh, music sequence at that part, which I I've never not, picked no, up on. But. I'm not either. I'll have to kind of go back and take a listen to that. I think we should get together and watch Wizard of Oz and listen to Dark Side of the Moon and see if it's real. <laughs> see what's actually happening, so... You couldn't pay me enough to ever do that, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of work to do. I watch the movie anytime. I think it's a great film, but listening to rock and roll, uh, rock and roll album with it on silent, no. Yeah, it will never yeah. work. There's a lot more Easter eggs, but I just encourage people to uh, check them out. These were cur- cur- courtesy of popculture.com and sci-fi.com, um, but there are tens of, maybe even close to 100 Easter eggs in Jurassic Park, and some are kind of stretches. Some are pretty cool. But I'm a fan of the film, and uh, I think it still holds up, Robert. I think it's still a perfect movie. It does. 
it's just the right right pace right length and just it yeah i mean it's no sequel to westworld but it's it's up there but yeah <laughs> by the way i tried to find um king kong lives yeah and yep. i couldn't find it without paying for it but i found like a bunch of scenes from it <laughs> on youtube of course so i watched them and wow what an amazing feat is it exactly like i there really was a big it. scalpel for like the heart yeah. transplant <laughs> it's almost like a joke yeah no, you could have Leslie Nielsen in the background, and it'd been a whole different movie. That's, I mean, that's what I mean. You just yeah. need to come in there with, like, you know, like a big, big. There's a diaper in there, right? Uh, I don't know if there's a diaper, but yeah. Oh, so. but maybe that was Kong. There was there was another one. I was I went down a yeah. King Kong rabbit hole, and there was a there was one with a baby Kong in there. Gotcha. It might have been older, but it's a it looked like a looked like a fun ride. It was guilty pleasure at its best. It was amazing. I like that you watch that again and again, though. It's like one of those <laughs> terrible movies, but you have to watch it. Yeah, no, yeah. Is there a movie you ever really, really enjoyed that you thought this is like a great movie? Maybe when you were younger and when you got older, not only does it not hold up, but you were actually kind of mad at yourself for liking it at one point? There's probably a lot of movies like that. And they're See, probably I, in I, my collection. I, I always think Night at the Roxbury when that came out. I was like, this is great. And. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I watched it recently, and I was like, oh, this is so bad. It's not even intentionally <laughs> bad. It's just or in, unintentionally funny. This is just, it's cringe. It's cringy. You know what I watched a few minutes of, and that's about all I could take, and, and kind of falls in this category. But you also have to remember, in the 80s, we just watched whatever was on. There was one HBO. Yeah. If you were rich, you could also have Cinemax. But you just, whatever movie was playing, you got to watch. And so we had to watch, like, Caveman. 20 times because that's all that was on with Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach oh, and Dennis no. Quay. And it's streaming somewhere. And I was like, oh, I remember Caveman. I remember, you know, like the song. As like about five minutes, I'm like, I can't watch this. Oof. You know, like. <laughs> it's that bad. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles weren't known for their, their fine acting, their great <laughs> acting chops. Caveman, is that with uh, the chick that was also a Bond girl? Barbara Bach? Yeah. Yeah. And Dukes of Hazard. I think it was her, yeah. Yeah. And young, pretty young Dennis Quaid and I can't remember who else, but yeah. So and Caveman. I think it's a no I think it's all grunts and stuff. I don't think there's any speaking that's happening. They're authentic. They were they were authentic. Yeah, yeah. it was it was it was a work in progress. It was uh it was art imitating life. Yeah. I went um I used to be friends with this girl back in like high school. You know, like hang out, nice family, like I'd go over there, like they had me over for dinner, like just friends kind of thing. But they were always watching The Mummy, uh, you know, Which, Brendan Fraser. Okay. Like every time, I think I might have seen them watch it like four or five times over the course of like senior year. And I remember thinking, oh, well, the, you know, it's like my house. We only have like HBO and that's the movie that just happens to be playing because it did like a billion dollars. So they're always watching it. Well, no, they didn't have cable. So, okay, that's cool. Maybe you just get a bunch of DVDs. No, they only had The Mummy. And the reason they only watch that because they, they actually loved that movie. Like it yeah. was the best thing in the world. And, uh, they were so adamant about the mummy and I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's really good. It's a, it's a fun ride. Like I, I, I think we should watch it. And, uh, I, I think it was like the third or fourth time you're watching the mummy. I was like, I, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> like this sucks. It sucks. The movie sucks. 
I'm sorry, I can't watch it. But, like I like that was it. Like I I just had to speak up. And I felt like you would think I like stole the mother's jewelry or something. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh. He doesn't like the mummy. Well, the first time you saw the mummy, it was kind of a fun ride. You're like, oh, this is in the Raiders Lost ride. Dark Vein, and you're like, you know, it was goofy <laughs> enough and you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. but it's better to never watch it again. Right. I mean better there's... better to not tear down the E. T. ride and place it with a mummy ride. Oh, that was so bad. Oof. That mummy ride is bad too. The one in Orlando. It's rough. I always uh, I, I haven't been in Orlando, but I always actually I ride it right after the Jurassic Park ride to dry off is my MO when I go to Universal Hollywood. Well well, I think we're gonna be going there together very soon, Robert. Aren't you in town soon? I'm going to be in town, yeah, mid-May. So I, I've seen the video of the new Jurassic World ride, um, which is uh, they kind of redid the Jurassic Park ride, which it's okay. Is, yeah, it's very. I went on that when it came out because I, I just wanted to do it, and uh, it's okay. It's fun, but it's quick. It's very quick. Yeah, it's a wet ride. Depending on the day. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll have to um, plan we, something. Saw, we'll I remember have... one time, I Uma Thurman was on the. She was getting out on the one that I was going to be getting in. I saw her up the. She was getting out of one of the cars. Went out of one of the boats um, t- before it kind of came down to to us to to let us in. So oh, one, no one of the one of the employees like, "Ooh, my Thurman's over there," and and looked over and like, "Yeah, it was her." So. Oh, that's so cool. Universal's fun. I do enjoy it. Yeah. And VIP all the way. Yeah, you have to. You have to do it. You have to do it right. If you're gonna do it, do it right. The food's good too. You know, there's like always a good. It's a, everything's overpriced, obviously, but that's that's, that's why I do VIP parts. lunch is included. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, and it's a great lunch. Yeah. Where do you eat lunch there? Um, they they have a special restaurant just for you. So. Oh really? Yeah. Do they do they have are the servers dressed like movie characters? They are not usually. Um, Dracula comes out and uh, or you know if they're in the area, it's usually in the French area, uh, French Street kind of where oh. all the kids yeah so usually and it's they probably changed a little bit it was buffet uh style but they'd have everything from sushi to steak to whatever you wanted to eat so oh my gosh yeah we gotta hit so, that up yeah i so, never i never got that experience that sounds yeah. amazing when, I, I, when always, I was there they had a walking dead which I, I didn't even think was universal but they had all these zombies from the walking dead coming around like licking the windows and touching <laughs> And then it turned out it was just meth heads that are homeless because Los Angeles has such a disproportionate wealth gap here. And, and that's why it was LA scary. is a hot spot for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop licking the windows. Please stop licking the windows. Uh, but you're, you're picking a great time to come out here. California's COVID rates are the lowest in the country. Things are opening up. Um, it, you, you did the right move. We talked about this a few months ago. You were thinking about coming out, but then you didn't or whatever but it's a good time to come out it's safe you're vaxxed do yes it. that makes a difference um what do you want to get into tonight i we have uh do they still hold up the highest grossing films of 1987 via box office mojo yeah would you like to uh dip your pinky toe into this uh puddle let's, of goodness robert let's do it i'm looking at number one and it's beverly hills cop 2 and i saw this in the theater even <laughs> i was now I'm at that age. I was, what, 17? 17. You don't look a day over 30. You are way too kind. But, I just speak uh, the King's English. <laughs> it's the lighting that does it. Robert but, doesn't um, age. Robert, I did some homework on him, listeners. 
he's actually 287 years old. He, I saw a, a stenography of him wearing period clothing from the 1800s. And he looks the same. He doesn't age. I do wear the same clothes. <laughs> that is true, no matter what. So, so, uh, and I don't know. If, I don't think Tony Scott directed the original, but Tony Scott directed the uh, the sequel. And I remember uh, even at seventeen, at seventeen, I was I was in around that age. I was getting very kind of more into f- film studies and how cinematography and editing and stuff like that. And I remember on the big screen, the edits were so there were so many close-ups and quick edits that it was just like it was too much for me. And I was like, and not to say this is like an MTV video, but I was like nice this does not i remember it specifically on this there, there'd be like half second shots and i remember this is the film i first remember seeing that or like tick, click tick, click you know like oh yeah that very stuff. quick cut back and yeah forward. and i was like i was like what it was like it was too much for me even at 17. yeah that was that is a lot to take in this is when you were kind of studying like film technique and filmmaking yeah and not super saying you know but or just becoming more aware of it but who who was it, it, Tony Scott did this one. Yeah. I haven't seen Beverly's Hills Cop. I haven't seen anything in that franchise. Oh, my gosh. Well, part three. Oof. Is it a rough one? Is it a movie? Oof. It's a movie. It's, you know, all you need to do is uh, Google some clips, and that'll just kind of, sh- you know, Google uh, amusement park clips from Beverly Hills Cop oh. 3, and you're like, how far it has fallen. Well, Beverly Hills Cop 3, what year did that come out? I don't know. I need to I'll, I'll look that okay, up. Okay, so Beverly Hills Cop 3 came out in 94, and that's the problem. They had these, I mean, imagine two sequels back-to-back in the three years, and then they do that like cheap cash grab like eight years later where you're like, that's a different decade, dude. It's not going to work. And I'm it's sure... Crocodile Dundee 3. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure Eddie made a lot of money, as he probably should, but yeah, it was pain. I think George Lucas has a cameo in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Isn't Eddie Murphy? Oh, George Lucas? Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yes. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Isn't Eddie Murphy, if he's not the number one, he's in the top five, the highest paid stars who, whose movies make like the littlest money? Like he's done so many bombs, <laughs> but he still like gets paid these like enormous fees. Well, it's a calculated risk because if one out of three hit, they hit hit big. And so right. it, you just never quite know what you're going to get. But economically. I think, yeah, I think he just got tired of these movies and he probably kind of barely showed up. Well, yeah, look, Pluto Nash, whatever. Remember he did that Pluto Nash yeah. movie? It has like never 0%. Yeah. Oh, I didn't either. Thank you. I'm glad you did it. If you were like, oh, Pluto that's Nash, that's a bad best. one, Matt. <laughs> um, next on the list is Platoon. Um. I actually just watched this recently. It does still hold up for me. It's a gritty account. Uh, it's a gritty drama, dramatization of um, the Vietnam War. Oliver Stone obviously mm-hmm. was in the war. He was wounded in the war. He has a lot of opinions on the, the war itself. And, you know, um, but as far as the, the acting itself, Willem Dafoe, it's uh, Tom Berenger. It's, it's, um, it still holds up for me does not for me um i watched it not too long ago with my mentee we were watching a movie virtually online and, and, yeah and he he chose platoon which is great because i had not seen Good. it in uh a while and johnny depp in one of his post elm street roles and i think larry fishburne and so it had, it has quite the cast yeah um i thought it might have been a little too over dramatized but 
Larry Fishburne. You mean I think so. Naomi Campbell. <laughs> you can start <laughs> messing with me. Yeah, I should just stop saying isn't no, so. No. Yeah, I did double check. I was like, is that actually Barbara Bach in Caveman? Or but is it, it was Lana because oh, <laughs> they could talk about Lana. <laughs> but it, it it did not hold up as well for me as I kind of remembered. But I do remember Platoon actually more for uh, the Naked Gun when uh, <laughs> Leslie Nelson and Priscilla Presley are coming out of the movie laughing, and the camera pulls back and it says Platoon on the marquee. <laughs> That is a classic. That is good. I love Naked Gun. Uh, Fatal Attraction is next. I haven't seen this in a minute, but I would say it still holds up. It's still a, still a good thriller. There, there, yeah, there are pieces that do do still hold up. Um, yeah. I haven't watched all the way through, um, but and I do I do believe, um, kind of with Glenn Close that the original ending that they actually shot it was probably the better ending, but. Um, it is what it is. It is they, what it is. Yeah. It's not a movie I'd really seek out again. Like, hey, let's watch Fatal Attraction. What yeah. if it's streaming somewhere? <laughs> yeah. And I ran out of analyzing this movies. I might fire it up. <laughs> but would you watch all the way through, or you you watch a few scenes and you're like, okay, I know how this is. I'd watch a few I scenes go, and go, yeah. oh, let's, let's, let's rewatch the TV on. show. Yeah. Next on the list is, uh, of course, I b- love this movie. I think it still holds up. You want to get Capone? Here's how you do it. He pulls out a knife, you pull out a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of yours to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. The Untouchables, this is a um, Brian De Palma film, I believe. Yes. I I do love this movie, and I'm a little biased, but I, I have watched it recently, and it's it's a good film. It holds up. And for De Palma, it was a good fit. <clears throat> when you talked about De Palma before, Carrie is a good fit for his style. This Ooh. was a good fit for his kind of over stylization um other films he did were not as good a fit or just kind of felt too ham-handed um but it worked for this one good point i like that phrase too ham-handed it was just like oh dang quite but yeah yeah uh next on the list three men and a baby (laughs) i can't believe it's a top five i know do you remember there was that controversy where that the ghost but it was just like a cardboard cutout that's because we had crappy vhs back then <laughs> this is the best everything was fuzzy that was <laughs> if Plus, you're not from <laughs> it was if you're not 80s. familiar listeners uh, there was a, an urban legend with three men and a baby where you could see the ghost of a little boy who died or killed himself on set or something or in the house they were filming in but it was just a cardboard cutout of tom Selleck in the back mm-hmm. but it was cut off or something so that's why it was lower than usual so plus it was 80s had a lot of this we Got, got into this kind of soft focus films uh, where everything yeah. is kind of slightly blown out and uh, out of focus. I'm not sure what the the Streisand effect uh, was. Yeah, what were they doing with that? I don't know. A lot, a lot of 80s did that, and we had, you know, we just bathed in pastels and uh, <laughs> back then. So I it love was it. A mess. Uh, I haven't seen this in. Uh, I think I might have only seen this once. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I don't know if I saw it. I'll be honest. No. Yeah. So no. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever see it. Um, I'm not familiar with this next title, Robert, but I'm sure you are. The film is called Secret of My Success. How could you not be? It is <laughs> a classic, a Michael J. Fox, uh, Fox Helen Slater classic. Wait, You've Michael J. Fox it? is in this? Yeah. 
Just the one where he walks in and he's like, I called the cops. I mean, the police are here. In the restaurant scene, or is that something else? I think that's something else. All right, haven't seen this one. You haven't seen that, so yeah. So actually, I just bought this for Christmas on Blu-ray for my sister. You bought? You recently bought this? Oh, yeah. What yeah. a sweet gift. It's a great film, so you All might right. want to. It's, it, you might want to check that out. Perfect kind of New York film. It, and it's one of those typical tropes of like, I have to start in the mailroom. How am I going to get it? You know, like, and then like, now I'm the king of the company. That's just. <laughs> right. He, he he tells one good idea, an earshot kind of thing, and then he gets shot up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put that on the homework list for myself. Yeah. Secret of my success. Next is Stakeout. What is Stakeout? What is this film? Richard Dreyfus, Emilio Estevez. You're not familiar with this one? Richard or... Dre- Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez? Yeah. I, no, I'm not familiar, not familiar with his work. And not even another stakeout? The uh... <laughs> what, is, what is this film? They're, they're like I undercover... love the poster, by the way. They're like underneath a bed watching a woman undress. <laughs> that was the 80s. It was okay just to be under yeah, a Yeah, it's okay for two guys to be. Or whatever yeah. she happens to be wearing. So. Yeah, it's not um, creepy. Yeah, so they're kind of like undercover watching, uh, uh, I think, uh, Madeline Stowe or something. Or she's wanted by something, you know, like it's one of the, it was like one of those 80s things. There's always the, either the mafia or something like that. So they're sure. watching well, that. Greedy, greedy corporation. <laughs> yes, they're after her cookie recipe. Um, <laughs> but then, and so another stakeout I thought was actually kind of funnier had Rosie O'Donnell in it. And I, I enjoyed that one actually more, but. Rosie O'Donnell is in another stakeout. In another stakeout. So oh, related then, to this one. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, we because they used to have uh, forty-eight hours, then another forty-eight hours. <laughs> so that's what we used to do with the sequel. So. Another stakeout. I love it. Now it'd just be called Stakeout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be the same name, <laughs> the same title, with a year underneath it, and that's yeah. it. Um, next on the list is Lethal Weapon. Um, if I, it, I like the movie. It, for me, it doesn't hold up though. It, it's just too, it's too too ridiculous. I think. Yeah, and I'm not a. And actually, it got more ridiculous. Talk about diminishing returns of getting for ludicrousness. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I'm I'm not a Mel Gibson fan, so this one didn't really do it for me, even at no. the time. See, I think he's a great actor. I I enjoy his movies. I I mean, I, I enjoy them a lot. But this this one. It's just, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of, kind of ridiculous yeah. for me. I'm not, a, I wasn't a big fan. So we're we're gonna both agree that no, Lethal Weapon yeah. does not hold up in 2021. And, and I never saw the series. Uh, they made it into a TV series recently, but did they really? Yeah, a few, Dude, a that couple doesn't years need ago. to be done. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna switch on the screen view here. Next on the list, we have a treat. If you're watching, uh, The Witches of Eastwick. Um, I like this movie a lot. This is one of the few movies that actually scared me to death as a kid where I couldn't oh, really? watch it anymore until I was older. It really, well, you really, were young. Yeah. I was young. I was maybe like, well, I mean, I was like nine or 10. I was old enough to know better, but just it, the idea that they could change, that they were, they look like that and look normal and mm-hmm. they could change was like the worst thing in the world. Um, but for me, it holds up. I, I enjoy Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, so it is uh, one of John Williams' probably underrated scores, I think. Um, and I think I saw it twice opening weekend. 
uh, is how much I liked it. Did so, you really? Yeah, that's impressive. So um, I, I think I think I brought my dad back to see it because I just kind of liked it. But um, but yeah, so they shot it mostly on East Coast, the exteriors, and I have not been to it, but it's on my uh, uh, to go list. But they also shot a lot at the Greystone Mansion that you have it pulled up for viewers. Uh, for a lot of the interior mansion scenes, and you can tell it looks pretty much the same as it did all those years ago. Did they film Death Becomes Her here? Um, yes, uh, pieces, small pieces of it. Small so, pieces of it. Yeah, you did a great job with these shots. Um, Greystone Mansion. Uh, we've talked about this place before, but if you live in Los Angeles, you know about it. If you ever visit, it's free to go. You probably won't be able to get inside, but just to walk the grounds of this beautiful. Um, I want to say it's at least a hundred years old mm-hmm. mansion in Beverly Hills. It's got some of the best views in the city, and it's it's a it's a pretty spectacular place to to see. The the, yeah. the grounds there are beautiful. Absolutely, twice a year, about you can get inside. They have tours, um, and tickets go fast. And tickets are only like twenty bucks. Um, so oh, if you are able, cheap. if it if it works out for your the when you're traveling and or visiting uh, it is well worth to to explore the entire museum or not museum but uh, entire house and it's haunted too yeah. and there's the warner brothers pool where they uh, at the ranch while well, while the ranch still exists this was also in christmas vacation wasn't it it was and, oh here it is the pool is yeah. also used in christmas vacation how's that for an eye yeah i'm not and the one. set jetter by the way <laughs> i'm the set jetter setter where i go to the set jetter page and i I sit there. Yeah. Most recently seen in WandaVision. Uh, this is the pool scene was shot right there as well. This is a good analysis. Uh, and Gremlins, yeah. It is in Gremlins, isn't it? Yep. What part is this in Gremlins? Um, the YMCA pool. So kind of they did the same oh, thing. They yes. built something around it and make it look like an indoor pool. But Interesting. Yeah. These are cool shots, Robert. What yeah. was what was your trip to this? Because we, we don't know because you don't really age. Uh, on it. Greystone, I think. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, uh, the Greystone Mansion was 2018 because it was a whirlwind. In that week, I stayed at the Paramore Estate and I stayed at Workaholics, and then I went to this, and I, I was kind of. Oh my gosh! It was the the week I ran. I ran out of memory cards <laughs> for my camera. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Good for you. Uh, next on the list, do they still hold up? So you agree, which of these still hold up? Yeah, and I would recommend people uh, take a look at it. And it was actually made into a series. I think it was just called Eastwick or something like that. Um, that didn't last very long. Is Witches of Eastwick based on? It's a novel. John, I think John Updike novel. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Next on the list is going to be Predator, which I always forget came out in '87. The original Predator, I always feel like it's earlier than that, but it's not. Um, yeah, I, I say Predator still holds up. I mean, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, fighting commando style in the jungle against an alien that wipes out his platoon. Um, it's for what it is. It still holds up. It gives you what you want. It's violent. It's got classic lines. It's got muscles. It's got muscles. It's got uh-huh. oiled tan <laughs> German muscles. And when you talk about effects, it's still that those are effects that still kind of work. You know, good point. Yes, they do. Uh, and remember the time it was it was kind of unusual. It looks CGI ish, but that's not quite what they did. But but yeah, right. it's, it's a good film. A lot of like camera techniques they used in post to kind of emulate the, the vision, which yeah. is cool. But yeah, we, so we both agree Predator still holds up in 2021. 
some honorable mentions that we're going to jump through. Uh, oh, we have a set location for this one. Uh, RoboCop, which is arguably one of the most violent movies ever. <laughs> I love RoboCop, and I love the dystopian commercials and the fact that it makes fun of itself. It I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. Newcomb. <laughs> it was a strange film too. Uh, you didn't. We didn't at the time. We didn't quite know what we we're getting into. It seemed kind of goofy. It's a goofy title, and it kind of seems like a cheap whatever. And I do. I actually, I I remember my dad and I going to this, and uh, um, but yeah. And then once he got into it, it's like no, this is actual real gritty movie. And we talk about the bloody violence. Uh, it it's is. It's over the top. Yeah, um, Nancy Allen. Speaking of Carrie, was in this. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a good yeah. film. It still it still holds up for me. Uh, also talking about diminishing returns. RoboCop Two is a little creaky, and RoboCop Three just went off the rails. And then they also made many RoboCop uh, <laughs> TV mo- movies or kind of direct to video movies that were yeah. Uh, they kind of took it for a ride and didn't make it back. And RoboCop re- Three is the one where he like flies, isn't it? Yeah. That was ridiculous. So. Where he's got like the, the yeah, it was. I remember, yeah. So he, it but, was like trying to be Iron Man ahead of its time, and it was a, it, it didn't work. We, we weren't having it. So, and then of course it was remade as well. But yeah, I was so disappointed with the remake because I always thought, like before the remake uh, or the reboot, whatever it was, that RoboCop was a movie that should have been rebooted because with like how bad Detroit got with the financial crisis and like. The the 1987 Ford Tauruses, for as great as I love the movie, don't really hold up for futuristic cars, <laughs> you know, and for police cars. So I always like think like, oh, they could do such a cool remake, and like all the pieces were there, and it just fell flat. Yeah, well, it they just didn't, didn't know like what hold to it. Do. And yeah, I'm not sure they were making it for either. You know, when they kind of take some of these titles, and, and there's people. People my age know what RoboCop is, and you go to a generation or two younger, and they're like, they don't know what, you know, that could be anything. So they're just selling it by the, the title alone. Yeah, yeah, they don't know what it is. It's, like, not part of the grain. Yeah, so this is shot mostly in, uh, is it Dallas or Houston? Um, I guess it's Dallas. Okay. I think Houston is, yeah, Houston is where RoboCop 2 was shot. Dallas was RoboCop 1. Maybe, no, maybe it is. You know better than I do. I should. This know is uh, Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, this is Dallas. I think so. Cool. Um, these are great. These are great shots. I looked at this recently, not too long ago, on your site that that we're on right now. Uh, you did a good job. Thank you. I do, fun, <laughs> I do love the gangs. I do love the gangs in RoboCop, where they're just like violent. They're all like Uzis, and they're just gonna like shoot up a gas station attendant. Like they're just so violent. They're not messing around. They're not messing around. Yeah, I like the villain too. I forget the actor's name in RoboCop, like the head guy. Uh, do I like Ronnie Cox or which? Um, oh, I know maybe. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's he's Thanks good. Escaping me, but yeah, yeah, he's a great character actor. He he really really sells it. Um, tell us about this shot, Robert. This is in South Broadway Street. This oh is yeah, in Los Angeles. Yeah. So we get some LA shots, of course, because yeah. Everything, yeah, they needed some uh, obviously pickup shots of driving around LA, so you can't uh, can't pretend that's anywhere but Los Angeles. Did you see Rafifi when you were in town? I did not. Do you know what Rafifi is? No, no, me neither. I'm just hoping you would. You're just hoping. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't think it's a movie. I think it's like 
something else. Yeah. Um, sure. It's cool though. I, but yeah, RoboCop still holds up for both of us. It's a great film. Back to Dallas, RoboCop saves one from being attacked. This is always a fun scene. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of April O'Neil in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the beginning where like the Foot Clan's after her and then he just shows up in the yeah. right second. <laughs> Those crazy dark corners. Yeah, and these are kind of some not questionable areas of Dallas as well, but were they kind of questionable when you were there? Uh, there was, I mean, just there was a couple of questionable areas, but um, that, not that this was one of them, but um, yeah, others it was kind of run down. It was like, oh, this is why they picked this to be Detroit. Oh, is that what it was? It was just yeah. like a mess. Yeah. But yeah, I think the 1987 Ford Tauruses needed an update. Other than that, uh, definitely still holds up. It's a great yeah. film. Next on the list is going to be Noah. <laughs> Uh, the time of my life. I... So I was 17 when this movie came out. Obviously, hell yeah, all these movies came out. Um, so the county. You can imagine the high school girls. This was the movie, and I worked at the movie theater at the time. So oh. I just remember every screening, girls coming out crying, and just it was just like yeah. I don't. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> This took place in the 60s. 60s or 50s? Yeah, I can't remember. It doesn't hold up because that man was way too old to be dating that little girl. She was a minor. That's what they did back then. That was so yeah, funny. apparently. The parents were okay. okay with it. Yeah. It's okay. Um, yeah, not, not, not my movie, but obviously it holds much nostalgia for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to watch it again, but I'm sure it holds up for what it is. Yeah. It's a love story with Patrick Swayze. He wasn't going anywhere. In 1987, <laughs> he was just heating up for Ghost. Yes, Wall Street. Up. And just that we talked about recently. this before. Yeah, yeah, it holds up. It mostly you disagree. does. I, I disagree a little bit, and maybe because I'm also kind of now I, I have Wall Street too connected to it. Uh, money never sleeps. <laughs> no, but the audience does. Yeah, uh, is that my joke? I think I, I, maybe I just I, I don't. I, I just came up with it off the top of my head, but I probably heard it from you. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there's a piece of this I really like, and then it just reminded me, uh, it, it, is, it is probably actually Oliver Stone at one of his best, where he's kind of taking his uh, stylizations and his... It, it, he's it honing his craft. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, obviously, having Martin Shane as the father and as also real father works. It's a good chemistry. Yeah. But there are, yeah, there are some dated, dated spots. Yeah, Living Daylights. This is Timothy Dalton's finest role. It what well, Flash Gordon was this? Flash Gordon. He was in Flash Gordon. Yeah, that that's his finest role. Flash Gordon. Uh, Living Daylights. This is uh, this is yeah, this is all the bonds hold up for me. This is it holds up. Yeah, and it may have been a little bit more ahead of his time because. Uh, True that. Following Roger Moore, people don't understand the serious Bond at the time. It's like, no, we like a funny and you know, like winking at the camera constantly and uh, make it sexual innuendos. Yes, <laughs> and this is more of a um, more current Bond, like that that we're seeing right now uh, in the the two thousands. That they were kind of doing it back then. So I don't think the audiences weren't ready. I think we probably needed a little. We needed a Pierce Brosnan transition, semi-funny, semi-serious, and then be serious. Yeah, yeah. You needed you needed to test the waters out a little bit, go in the shallow end, get everybody comfortable, and then yeah. take the dive. Does it hold up for you? Um, I need to rewatch this. 
I need to, I, it think. would be a good rewatch to see. Definitely. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket. What's your opinion on this, Robert? Uh, this will always hold up for me. So it's uh, a it's a it's a filmmaker's film. It's yeah. a, it's an acting study. Absolutely. So um, I didn't see this in the theater, uh, not until video, and then uh, and it kind of became a. It became a college, you know, why do you watch a college movie and stuff like that? So, yeah, it's, it's like this and like Space Odyssey. They would, yeah, like study. It's a critique. Yeah, it definitely holds up. It's, it's a timeless movie. Um, it's got some scenes that really stand out. Uh, other honorable mentions is Nightmare on Elm Street Three: mm. Dream Warriors. Yes, definitely. We just talked about this. The anniversary was recent. Yeah. I think in February. Yep. So yeah, that's my first one to see in the theater. And uh, yeah, it's still, there are moments, obviously it's not the best. And it's uh, speaking of hazy eighties movies, there's a lot of hazy. There is a lot of haze in this, (laughs) but I was just, I was one so excited to see, you know, Elm Street on the screen. And this was kind of the ultimate kind of, template for future Freddy Kruegers and more importantly to see Heather Langenkamp come back as Nancy. So Heather, yeah, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. I, I do like dream warriors. It's a good, fl- I've only seen it once and it was since the time I've met you. Oh, really? Okay. I only saw like the first Nightmare on Elm street and the one with the bird, the second one, <laughs> like when I was younger and I, we talked about that the first time we were on the show and I was like, I'm gonna have to start watching these. And I, I yes. watched like two or three of them and I enjoyed this yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. So is is three the one where the house lights up at the end? Yes. Yes, I, I enjoyed that. It was, it was yeah. a fun. It's a fun ride. It's a scary movie. Uh, Spaceballs, Dark Helmet, John Candy, <laughs> the alien that sings "Hello, My Darling." Hello, yeah. Now, how did they get John Hurt to come back and replicate? <laughs> Not again. Not again. This is uh this is a fun movie. I I I it's ridiculous, but I, I say it holds up. It's a fun ride. It's nostalgic. Um I'll watch a few minutes of it here and there if I'm kind of channel surfing and see it, but I, I can't watch it all the way through. It's a little too much. Yeah, yeah. I'll never watch it again, but it's yeah. <laughs> what it is. It's fun. Yeah. Dragnet. Uh I'm not a good one to say I'm not a good judge of character. I love Dragnet the show. I've seen every episode literally probably thirty times. Um, yeah. And so when I saw this when I was younger, I didn't like it at all because it was a comedy. And I was like, ah, Dragnet's serious. It's it's Jack Webb, you know? Yeah. It's supposed to be Joe Friday fighting crime. And now it's like this ridiculous. So I would have to watch it again. But uh, based on what I see, it, it didn't hold up then. It does not. And this is – you're starting to get to the era where they're recycling TV shows into movies for titles. So Yeah. Can't make do it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been its own bad student film, but let's slap Dragnet and get Dan Aykroyd in it, and it's a, it's a <laughs> it makes enough so money. People makes go enough to it. Money. La Bamba, uh, is this? I just watched this recently. How did it's, it hold up for you? Um, yeah, they, they. I would have went a different direction. They yeah. focused too much on him, um, right after he became famous, and not so much. They could have focused on more of his. I mean, he, he, Richie Valens was only famous very, he was 17 when he died. So he was famous for a second, but, um, I would have focused more. I don't know why I'm critiquing this. It's not a film class. Yes, it still holds up, but I, I I would have, I I felt like I would have focused more on him on the road with Buddy Holly and that kind of thing Mm. other than like 
him talking to his girlfriend's like, you're so famous, Richie. It's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> was it the entourage of its time? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But I, but I like it. I like Richie Valens. I just saw his gravesite not too long ago. Oh, really? Where's that at? It's at uh, San Fernando Mission Cemetery. Oh, okay. That's, I took a good picture okay. of it. It's cool. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I ate, I ate chicken by his grave. I had lunch, and I like sat down by my car. Gotcha. I was there for a funeral. That's why I'm eating in a cemetery. I like all right. Yeah. No, the they they were giving out food, you know, like kind of after, and I was like, gotcha. I said to the security guard, like, "Where's Richie Valens?" He's like, "Over there." So I was like, "I'm gonna eat my lunch with Richie Valens." <laughs> you know, you're just eating lunch in a cemetery. What are you talking? About? I'm gonna go have dinner at a morgue. That's such club. an LA thing. So LA. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I enjoy it. I'm a fan. How about yourself? Um, I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I remember liking it, and obviously, I think this is Lou Diamonds Phillips first film role if not as at least his lead um so obviously that kind of propelled him to the stratosphere but true yeah it was kind of his breakout role yeah uh summer school what is summer school robert have you not seen summer school maybe Mark Harmon, Crick, uh kirstie alley uh <laughs> it's a uh, oh comedy. that one yeah uh, no i haven't so. seen it yeah, so same thing. I worked in the theater, so I saw this kind of multiple times. And I looked at one because there's a couple horror movie fans, and they kind of recreate. They do kind of stuff like that. So there's still still lines, I say, from this movie. But um, give us give us a teaser. Give the listeners a teaser. One of the lines. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it's April Fresh. It has no context, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's like. It's totally inappropriate. Like the summer school teacher, one of the students is staying at his house. He's like, "Look, she's doing all my laundry. My clothes have never felt this this clean." He's like, "Smell," and she goes, "I'm sure it's April Fresh." It's when Christy Alley was still funny. I, I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie, right? Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's super light. Uh, yeah. Filmed at the same school as Nightmare on Elm Street Two and The Karate Kid. Oh, cool! And it's yeah, it's it's like Oceanfront High School or something like that. And it, obviously, it's in uh, like Woodland Hills, as far from the ocean as you can get. Right, like <laughs> when the Karate yeah. Kid, where yeah. he's bike riding from Reseda to Malibu. It's like that's quite a hike. Yeah, where Courtney's like looking out the window, and then <laughs> up, her point of view is like the ocean. It's like, well, that's not true. That's like, not true. <laughs> I do love that. I, I've seen this. It's been a, it's been a long time. I think I was like sixteen when I saw it. Yeah, it has a following. Uh, no way out. Which one's No Way Out, Robert? Oh, Kevin Costner and Sean Young. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd seen it once. I didn't. I didn't care for it. I did care for it. So I, I was. I was like a kid. I was like sixteen. Yeah. Or yeah. 15. So it, it, yeah, the intrigue was Gene Hackman. So this one actually still holds up for me. I do kind of get it caught up watching it. And I watched to the end. Oh, uh, hell yeah. I, I liked the little twist at the end. We won't give it away, but. No way she, out. Sean Young is still, it was, she was kind of in her prime. Sean, before she went crazy and chopped before up little newspapers. Bit. Yeah. So. Do, do, does, should No Way Out, is it valid of being put in the homework list? Do you want me to put that on the list? For you to watch? For me to watch. Um, yeah, I would be curious to kind of see what you think about it. So. All right. Added the list. Next, uh, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, aka the greatest comedy of all time. I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> I never I'm heard of it. <laughs> what is it? So yeah, one obviously I know where you how you feel about this, and obviously this has a this is a quotable movie for almost any situation. Yeah, you can always dig something from mm-hmm. the script from the movie and apply it anywhere. And 
one john hughes was the king of movie soundtracks uh and choosing kind of some of my favorite kind of alternative music at the time to kind of fill the soundtracks and the 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 king of uh character actors to flesh out every every other little piece you know it's great the Edie McClurgs in one scene and, and everything that Michael um, McKean. Yeah. What's cool about the, his character actors in this movie is they're so quotable and memorable, you know, even Owen, um, the guy that picks him up at the Braidmore hotel or Braidwood hotel. Uh, he's a famous actor. I forget his name, but he, um, they're, they're all memorable. All the supporting cameo actors are even Gus, the guy at the hotel. They just, they all have those quirks. Like they spent, yeah. A long time. And I think we spoke recently that before John Hughes died, he said there was like a three-hour version of this movie that existed. I'm surprised that's never been, you know, like released in bonus features aside from two deleted scenes. Yeah. Well, I think because, and I think you have the original script, but uh, the original version was a little bit darker and his wife thinking he was making all this up because he was having an affair. And that was kind of... Um, she was changed. It was kind of deleted from the film, and so that's why. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that would have br- that would have brought move. a much different tone to the film. Obviously, it did. It, it wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, it would. It wouldn't work to for what it is now. It wouldn't. It wouldn't help out its legacy. I think. Yeah. Because there's still scenes in there where it's implied. It's not implied, but you could see that that's how they filmed it, as if he was having an affair. Because she's like, what's going on, Neil? And it's like, he's late. Why are you being a bitch? It's snowing. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, and and the whole kind of reveal of the scene at the end where she sees John Candy is an actual person. And now you look at him like, oh, she's just happy that this stranger's here. You know, whatever. But obviously she's happy this was all true and it wasn't another woman. Right. <laughs> but. It's true. You know what? You know, we talked about the Austin Powers, kind of the henchman's wife scene. <laughs> of course. Um, That's a great scene that you sent me. A, a whole thing where it's just her <laughs> version of planes, trains, and automobiles, like her daily life uh, at home. Yeah, what's happening? The, That's the, what I want to see. The, that should be the, the course sequel. of the week. Yeah, it could be the whole like short film. So, you know, I don't, there's probably you, somebody couldn't do it with the rights, but I, I picture like a, a slam dance short film and just like that. <laughs> <laughs> you could make a whole like sketch out of that yeah there's a scene too where john candy has a black eye mm-hmm. if you remember after you know and he got in a fight with that driver in the script and i guess they filmed it but they cut it out yeah that's why he inexplicably has a black eye um so yeah plane change automobiles that's my all-time favorite comedy it definitely holds up you got to respect it, though. People are like, oh, we're going to watch it. I'm like, oh, it's funny. It's not Thanksgiving. <laughs> Only watch it Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve or, or that week. That's it. Otherwise, it doesn't even make movie. sense. Yeah. You have to watch it once a year, and that's it. You got to respect yeah. it. Well, and I saw that in the theater as well. So That's amazing. I wish I saw that in the theater. I know. I was lucky. You're a lucky man. You're a lucky man, Neil. Uh, <laughs> play, uh, Running Man. This does not hold up, but I do love this movie because I love Stephen King, and I, I think it's a fun ride, but no, it's it's so dated. It's, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's just not It's not good. Yeah, I can't remember what year it's supposed to take place, but uh, I think we're already past that year. So, and there's pieces of it I still like, and I have to remember, like, cause remember she's looking, she's trying to buy a soda, and she's like, 
12 bucks for a soda this is ridiculous and i think well that's about the price right now but <laughs> <laughs> well that's about the that's yeah that's yeah <laughs> But uh, okay. but yeah, I yeah I know they're remaking it or they're attempting to remake it again. But, but yeah, we'll see what they do with that. I'd be curious to see where they go with yeah. Running Man. Uh, like Father, Like Son. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what this title is. Right. Uh, well, uh, Dudley <laughs> Moore, which is good. Uh, Kirk Cameron, which is no longer good. Uh, oh. And Catherine Hicks is also in this. She's one of my favorite actresses. So this That's was cool. a, a beginning of. Uh, vice versa freaky friday time where kind of body switching uh was happening so uh okay. dudley moore and his son kirk cameron kind of switch bodies and hilarity ensues hilarity ensues <laughs> <laughs> and i went to actually a lot of locations uh, for this one i just haven't posted them yet so i'll have to get oh, on cool. that yeah we'll have to keep an eye out for like father like son yeah uh same goes for adventures and babysitting robert i'm embarrassed i don't know what this you film have not. is uh elizabeth shoe so. oh no um deborah hill producer i love elizabeth shoe yeah. deborah hill's great i don't i just don't think i've seen this film uh halloween is on in the tv in the beginning i like it already deborah hill babysitting it all kind of ties together so um yeah for the most part this uh did hold up it made me scared to death of chicago uh, <laughs> really this is what I imagine Chicago would be like, and, and obviously pieces of it probably. Yeah, it's hard, like but... this in Child's Play. That's yeah. Welcome to Chicago. Uh, uh, Chicago shot mostly in Toronto, but um, yes, that's the way things work. So with some bad <laughs> special effects, yeah. But, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> but now you look back, I'm like, some it's hand like drawn a, backdrops. It's a, a Toronto tunnel, <laughs> and then Chicago on top of it. Oh. Good for but, them. Good for the good for trying. Yeah. Art department. Adventures in babysitting. Uh, Lost Boys. Yes. Yes. It, it's a classic. Um, could be nostalgia, but um, it, it still works for me. I can I can watch it all the way through. I got to see it on an IMAX size screen a few years ago, uh, which was fun. Uh, when uh, Keith Kiefer Sutherland was doing a horror convention, so. Um, Kind of do they to... do they like, digitally enhance that or does it look still look pretty good? It it's still looked a... pretty good. So and um, believe it or not, I did not see this in the theater. <laughs> really? I it was like yeah. One of my big regrets. I remember this came out the same day. There was a sneak preview for. This is embarrassing to say, and I this is the movie I chose instead. Jaws: The Revenge. Oh yes. That's on our can't look away. Yeah, list. so we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, so but obviously I end up lost my choice. Out VHS, and obviously, and that's when the movie really took off. I think it was a hit in theaters, but um, but yeah, and great another great soundtrack. Yeah, it I, yeah I think it, I think it like did financially well, but VHS and they would play this like over and over again on TV, or it might even have been like HBO or whatever. But I remember as like a kid after this came out. It was on in the summer, like every day. It was like Lost Boys, and you'd watch it. And I just watched this maybe two weeks ago, um, and it's still a fun ride. It is, and uh, a nice callback in um, Us, the movie, because uh, I know in the flashback there, she she mentions that they're filming yeah. on the boardwalk, and she's referencing the Lost. I did movies. like that scene. Yeah. We're like, yeah, they're filming a movie here. It's like good. You're acknowledging that this is people are thinking this right now. Yeah. So Boardwalk is, so is worth a location visit for sure if you're in the area. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's in uh, San, San Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. 
which takes use the as the fictitious is it Santa, Santa Carla? Carla? Yeah, Santa Carla is supposed to be, but yeah. So and the uh, the house is still there. It takes a, it's a little bit of a hike uh, to park and go up and visit uh, the house used in the film. But cool, Robert's been there. Absolutely, and it holds up. It does for me. The house doesn't hold up though. It collapsed in front of us. It it's a is. There's a big fence around it, so you can't like get on the porch or oh, anything. Here. But you can my internet, uh, I think, went down. That's why I wasn't clicking. Yeah, now you're fine. But I so. still have the page loaded. So, yeah. <laughs> um, can't buy me love. You what, know what is this film? <laughs> this movie. You, you look back, and it's and I vividly remember this because we saw it in a town called. York, Nebraska, which is a small town, and everybody would go to the movies on Friday night. And this, and we happened to be in town. And we we're like, oh, we want to see this movie. So I don't know why I remember specifically uh, this Patrick theater Dempsey. would have like 30 minutes before the movie would end. There, there'd be a little thing they would flash on the lower right hand of the screen saying concession closed in 15 minutes. And really? everybody got up <laughs> without the concessions. And never came back. Yeah, I remember my sister and I were like, what is going on? You know, it's just like a strange thing. So Nobody wanted to stay. Yeah. So, now, interesting. Yeah, this movie doesn't really hold up for me for uh, just kind of probably the content. It's kind of a weird pain, somebody to pretend they're their girlfriend and stuff like that. Um, Kind of creepy. But this is, when I had my movie locations and more blog, this was the most popular page. Really? Shot People just flock to this? Yeah, Tucson, Arizona. It was just like a strange... Yeah, oh, like, really? I'd always get like the most hits for this <laughs> this movie. And oh people my gosh. Yeah, so... And when I was in Tucson visiting a friend that lived at the time, I just did a couple minor location visits and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of people obviously love this film. Can't Buy Me Love brings them out. What are you going to do? Um, and finally... On our Can't Look Away 87 list, Robert, what do you have? By the way, listeners, Can't Look Away are movies that we realize are terrible, but you know what? We're still going to watch them. What is your choice for 87? uh, I I had a tie. I did have a tie. I could not decide. A tie. Yeah. So um, so Jaws Revenge, which I mentioned, um, and actually that might be number two, but uh, for those that know that this was a kind of another cash grab uh, from Universal to say, let's Jaws 3 wasn't so good let's milk a little bit more out of it and to have the it, it, it the plot is kind of legendary that the shark followed them down to the bahamas uh but he's 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 vengeful what do you i mean he wants his revenge faster than the all just as fast as the plane that it took to get them there um somehow <laughs> yeah he, he was flying side by side with michael kane yeah um and so yeah it's a kind of a strange film and uh, I don't know, but it's one of those that um, I'll keep watching up to a certain point. For one, because it's notoriously has some bad miniature effects oh. and a bad reshot ending. And uh, yeah, anytime, because they filmed obviously in the Bahamas and then for the kind of the final scene, they would cut back and forth between there and the uh, the pool at Universal Studios. <laughs> and it, I the, love it. The film grain is different. The sky is di- like, it doesn't even match. And, no. and there's a great scene where they're, the, but people are falling into the water and it's obvious speaking of space balls, it's obviously it's stunt people. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 It's, that's um, why the movie's so great though. It's funny. 
Yeah, and then and they did a kind of a reshoot uh, after the movie came out in theaters. So the ending you saw in theaters was slightly different than what you see on on video now, where oh, one character really? survives because they liked him so much. Don't ask me why. Did that make a better movie that one per- character? Yeah, survived? no, that's not a, that, to me. That's not a game changer. No, so it's just. The, the grainy part is funny, too, because, yeah, it's they had obviously two different film crews, two different different times of the day, and yeah. they, like, splice that together from different locations. It's like filmmaking 101, like, don't do this. Yeah. And they it's... did it, and it it's such a fun, bad movie. Like, uh, everything you said is true. The shark follows them, and it, it like, zaps the senses. There's, like, yeah. the beginning is all this <laughs> Christmas music, and then there's a cop with his arm ripped off in the water. Yeah. Like, it's a weird... They like zap it, it. It doesn't know if it wants to be a porn or if it's like a comedy or if it's a horror movie. It's like all over the place. They don't even have the right font for the credits. You know, no. like, come on, Universal. Yeah, it's so they don't have the right font. No, it's just like, I remember like, being in, I don't, yeah, it's just it's a mess. So but bad. it's also be, it's a mess that you need to witness. Yes, yeah, certainly watch Jaws the Revenge. Now, my tie, and it's probably actually a slightly better movie for whatever that means, is Superman 4, another part 4, The Quest for Peace. The Quest for Peace. It is. So this is notorious because this was a canon film. Yeah. Um, and yeah. because um, they literally, the budget they promised was cut in half, I think, versus the budget they gave. And so poor Christopher Reeve, yeah, was doing his best. Uh, and they got Gene Hackman back. You know, there's a yeah. lot of things that this movie had going for it and it just they, they, they couldn't even go to new york to film and so like the the united nations is a i think it's a train station somewhere in england you know like it's it's bad i remember thinking yeah. that when i saw it too i'm like this is so bad but it's fun it's a fun yeah. ride it's super i they, think this they, is the they, last they, superman right with christopher it, reeves the last yeah so unfortunately it's just you know, it's kind of like you thought. You thought Superman three was bad. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. You thought Richard Pryor didn't bring it. Hold your seats. It's about <laughs> and to I, get and I, I do. I do quote this movie as well. So Margot Kidder is one of my favorite quotable actresses. But yeah, there's a scene She's where great. they're like they they double park in front of the UN. Um, like you could even park in front of the UN. But uh, and and Lacey's <laughs> like, what if what if we got a you know a ticket? And Mark is like, Lacey, it's only money. <laughs> it's only money. So that's what, if if we're going back on something like, should I buy this, you know, on Amazon? I'm like, it's uh, Lacey, it's only money. Lacey, so. it's only money. <laughs> and yeah, parking in front of the UN is always a valid choice. And Double I, park. I'm afraid, I don't know if I'm going to get this quote right, but it reminds me a little bit of the King Kong lives. Um, oh, no. You know, what can save him now? You know, uh, America... But I think it's if I don't know if I'm gonna mess up this quote, but I'm like I think it's the same scene where like Lacey's like, what is he gonna say? And Mark is like, something wonderful. Oh no, is that a real line? <laughs> I think so. I need to oh, Google it, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something wonderful. <laughs> what is he gonna say? It was actually an ad lib line because they lost the scripts due to funding. It, what is he gonna yeah. say? It is a little bit uh, because he his goal is like I'm gonna get rid of all the nuclear weapons, and uh, he kind of puts them all in one big net in space <laughs> that, he does doesn't he and swishes around whatever and then just and well, to me the like, he throws it, into the, throws it into the sun which of course creates uh, electro man i can't remember the, the villain's name Sorry. um but you know the ramifications of <laughs> of nuking uh, the of, sun 
Yeah, or just the ramifications of taking all the nuclear weapons away. I don't know what quite that would do to the political uh, hierarchies and uh, <laughs> of different countries. Or it would be pretty bad. Yeah, but also super- too, the nukes wouldn't reach the sun; they'd melt before, and that could be catastrophic because you're melting. The, the the matter has to go somewhere, and it's probably yeah. going to explode from overheating. So, but I don't know what he's doing. Oh, and one of my favorite scenes, if you get the high, kind of high quality Blu-ray or, um, so they're, they're fighting on the sun <laughs> and you can like, literally, if you look closely, you can see the black velvet curtains, you know, <laughs> no way in the background. Yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing tonight. Quest for peace. I'll be the quest for the quest for peace. So he does, he does swing it around though. Like a lasso. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that's a real scene. I remember that. He, Theoretically, if Mr. Brown's strong enough, he should just be able to. Push well, yeah, it out. I mean, but I'd like that he's swinging him around. Uh, like it's it's ridiculous. It has it it has all these moments of, and and talk about water. You're having water cooler moments as you watch the movie. You know, like wait a second, if Superman's hair is so strong, how would you just cut it with wire cutter? Wait, you know, like yeah. it's happening before you're watching. You're like what yes. is going on? <laughs> When was the last time you watched The Quest for Peace? Um, it was like not too do. long ago. So, oh, um, really? Yeah, because I think I got inspired. That, uh, that there was, there's been a couple of documentaries on Canon films, and I recommend them both. Um, and just kind of the craziness that went on and how they were they would buy and sell films based on titles only and oh, no wow. plot or anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, is kind of how they... And Who's they, attached to it? They bought the, the Death Wish rights and so they made the you know death wish three and four and five and and just kind of crank these things out texas chainsaw massacre two masters of the universe and um, yeah they get the title people are yeah. gonna go see it so just slap whatever on there yeah and just like 12 films a year was their goal you know just punch them out and so they made some memorable films for sure this was which films Qu- uh, canon films canon films right yeah uh, my my selection for Kenlick Way is over the top with Sylvester Stallone, with him with his bratty little kid. The base the basic plot is them traveling across the country to see his mom who's dying of cancer, but also making time to stop in arm wrestling competitions. Because there's a lot of money in that apparently in the '80s, where truck driving Stallone is uh, a truck driver, and he also earns a side business doing um, arm wrestling. And it's like it's like Rocky with a uh, a big rig is this movie, and that's a canon film. Is it really? Not it surprised. Is. There yeah. you go. Same year. Yeah. Same year. Canon Same year. Film. Different month. They were just <laughs> churning them out. It's so bad, um, but it's it, you know it's just ridiculous. He he does these like you know it's basically Rocky for arm wrestling, and the the finale as you know of course is uh, I don't need to tell you it's. The big competition where he's wrestling for money and uh, arm wrestling, by the way. This is just arm wrestling, just arm wrestling. Yeah. But there's like a, a news crew there and a packed arena. Like apparently arm wrestling was like the NBA championship of 1987. People yeah. were just watching these things. And it's yeah. like, oh, what are you doing? Couldn't get enough. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's funny. That is a uh, canon film. Canon film. What was this documentary? I think I want to watch this. There's a couple of different ones, and I, I mentioned Master of the Universe also came out in 1987. Sure did. So that was on the <laughs> list. Yeah, I don't know why that's not. A, I don't know why that made it. So that is one of my actually Friday night. If this plays before then, there's a 
online viewing party of fans for Masters of the Universe. So um, I was invited to to watch along, and I think the director will be part of that as well, which is probably not a good thing. But <laughs> well, I think he I think he's been accused of something inappropriate. Me too, too stuff. So. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but, um, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, so I'm like I don't know. If I should be watching it with this director. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to make a moral choice. Yeah. But it is Master of the Universe. And it's canon. So And know. it's canon. It's Dolph yeah. Lundgren in its <laughs> finest. Oh, man. Well, I think that's going to be our, our time for tonight. Unless you have anything else burning. No, I'm good. This was a fun show, Robert. I'm glad we got back in the saddle. Yes. Uh, I felt a little rusty, but I'm, I'm feeling good now. So I yeah, feel like. We'll, we'll, we'll keep a better cadence going forward. We'll keep going. A better cadence. Thank you for listening to the podcastles Set Jetter Saturdays. Check out Robert Patterson on Instagram at set underscore jetter and as well online at set-jetter.com for all of his work. Robert, it's always a pleasure, my friend, to see you. Likewise. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Set Jetter Saturdays and good night, everybody.